it's time for another A B B D R podcast. I can't help but wonder if the person who named this league put those in the order that he thought were most important to least important. Hmm. Anyway, on today's show we have two recaps that we need to do. And we also have a uh, segment that I may start doing regularly where I explain a play or a concept or a scheme uh, for the edification of our listeners so that they know more about football. And then we have a, uh, a listener question. It's actually a voicemail, uh, which I was today years old when I learned that I could do that on this podcast. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so we'll play that, and we will respond to it. So, let's get into the recap. <clears throat> we had two games played tonight. Kind of the uh, doubleheader, if you will. And the first one was the Packers at the Panthers. Um, it really was not an exciting game. It was kind of a, a just a a business trip for both teams. Um, but it was relatively cleanly played. Uh, the Packers won, I believe it was 23 to 13 and a really solid performance by them. Uh, they had been looking to find a running game lately and they had a little bit of a running game in this game. I think close to 90 yards rushing. Um, and in the meantime, they just smothered the Panthers, um, the Panthers quarterback, who I can't remember his name right now, uh, he had, I think, two interceptions thrown the linebackers, but mostly they just couldn't get first downs and keep moving the ball. Um, and so the Packers dominated time of possession. And like I said, it wasn't a spectacular uh, performance by any means, but they they managed to control the game and come out with the win. <clears throat> um, Kendall Dillard played very well except for one just idiotic interception. Um, and then another play that he threw in a traffic when he had somebody wide open for a touchdown. But uh, the coach will go over the film with him, and they'll get that straightened out. <clears throat> uh, the second game uh, that I just got done watching uh, was the Panthers and Patriots. So the Panthers played back-to-back games in about three hours. And this was a really good game. Um, not necessarily because it was well played, uh, for large portions of it. It was just one team would drive down the field and then turn it over. And then the other team would drive down the field and then turn it over. And it went that way all game long, but it was fun to watch with a bunch of twists and turns. Uh, the Patriots ended up pulling it out 28 to 25. Um, this was exciting because we had two drives uh, in the last two minutes that a team scored to tie or take the lead. Um, the Panthers uh, were really struggling kind of in the fourth quarter, uh, and they let Cam Mosley for the Patriots get loose for a touchdown, who had been struggling all game long, and he, he finally broke one loose and, and got a touchdown to put the Panthers up by eight points, or the Patriots up by eight points, And then the Panthers just stormed down the field and scored a touchdown and and then scored a a two-point conversion to tie it up at 25. 
and there was not a lot of time left there. I don't remember how much, somewhere between 20 and 40 seconds. But it was enough time for Kyler Murray and the Patriots to come back and get themselves in field goal range with a, a couple of uh, nice throws down the field. A lot of throws in the traffic in this game, so obviously there were a lot of really great catches, and there were also some interceptions. Uh, Irv Smith for the Patriots had a good game, and their uh, third down back, Harrington, I think. Uh, man, he's tough to cover. If you play man coverage against him, he's really going to give you problems. Um, and for the Panthers, um, it, it was a really solid game from Arsenio Little. They leaned on him a lot uh, to keep the ball moving. So there you have it, the uh, Patriots in a, in a very exciting game, pulling it out. I really thought it was going to go to overtime there at the end. I, I was actually ready to start recording the podcast, and then the Panthers scored, and all of a sudden it, it got really exciting. So uh, thanks for giving us an exciting game on that one, guys. Now before we get to this listener question that I have a little bit to say about, um, I want to go over a scheme for you so that uh, if you're looking to expand your horizons uh, on your football knowledge and you're really wanting to find new things to implement into your game plan, um, well, you have a great resource here to to learn about uh, how it works. So today we are going to explain a cover three. You may have heard of it before. You've probably seen it on your play menu when you're playing. Uh, So we're going to explain that so that you know exactly what it is that you're getting if you decide you want to run a cover three. Cover three is a defensive pass coverage. This coverage uses three. Okay, next time we will go over a cover nine, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, Next up, let's get to this listener question. Turns out it's just recorded here. I can just play it for you. You can hear the whole thing, and uh, and then I'll answer it. Yeah, hey, I just just wanted to say I love the show. I'm one of those longtime listeners, first-time callers. I have two questions for you today. First of all, I can't disagree more with your fan question last week. Sure, sure, the Packers head coach is a great coach, seven Super Bowl appearances. How can you beat that? But you think that he's hot? I think he's moderately attractive at best. I just don't know, man. Secondly, big Browns fan here. I'm certainly not a coach or a GM or anything. I'm just some random Joe from Cleveland. Anywho, Cleveland has two aging superstars on their roster up for contracts this year in Metcalf and Bosa. How do you see the Browns handling this situation? Any advice or, uh, I mean, insight would be appreciated. I'll take my answer off the air. All right, listener, thank you for that question. I uh, didn't get a name there, but I will just call you uh, Mr. Listener. Uh, So Mr. Listener, first of all, has some feedback about the Packers coach. Now, you know, our listener last week uh, was a woman. And uh, this week, this sounds like a man. And so I, I think if you were to tell Coach Toll that the, uh, the 100% of the women listeners who have given feedback to this show 
have said that he's hot and uh, that 100% of the men listeners have said he's moderately attractive, I think he would probably take that. You know, it, he'd probably be okay with uh, that ratio. But that's really about all I have to say about that. Now, this question about the Browns, and I think as we could all tell from the accent, this is definitely a Cleveland native here. Uh, I guess that's what a Cleveland accent sounds like. Um, so now you know that's what a Cleveland accent sounds like. It's kind of a, a mashup of New York and New Orleans, um, which, of course, is quite common in Ohio. Uh, but this listener asked, of course, DK Metcalf, Nick Bosa, both outstanding players that have been a big part of the Browns' success. Of course, the Browns have won a bunch of the Super Bowls in our league. Um, and he's asking, you know, which which guy do you sign? You probably can't afford both, I assume. And, and which one do you prioritize? Now, this Cleveland situation is kind of dicey. Uh, I don't know what's going on in that organization, uh, but I have sources there. And they tell me that there is some friction, uh, particularly between DK Metcalf and Coach Munninger. Uh, you know, the source tells me that uh, at one point this year, uh, Coach Munninger is yelling at, at Metcalf, I made you! You would have been nothing without me! And, and then Metcalf's yelling right back at him, Child, please! I'm a 6'4", 220-pound deer of a man. All you had to do was put me on the field and I was going to be great. Um, that's just from an anonymous source. I, I, of course, I, I implicitly trust this source. Um, so that worries me a little bit. Um, you know, there are a lot of other things to worry about in that organization. Rumor is that they're not socially distancing. They're not wearing masks. They may have a COVID outbreak very soon. Um, and then also, who can forget that, you know, Miles Garrett, when he was there, clocked a guy in the head with a helmet. One of the most egregious things we've all seen. Uh, and then the very next year he goes to Green Bay and he has been a model citizen in that organization. So I just got to wonder who's in charge of these organizations. There couldn't be a bigger contrast there. Um, but so that's what's going on with Metcalf. And then as far as, as Bosa goes, I never hear about him saying anything to the coaches that's bad. So that's good, right? Of course, I never hear that he says anything at all. Um, people wonder if he can even talk, if he's a mute, if maybe he has an IQ of 11. Um, and that wouldn't be surprising. if You just look at his face, and it kind of seems like that might be the case. Um, but anyway, I, I want to help this, this listener uh, out, uh, help this listener think about his Browns. I mean, I don't want to help him make any decisions. Obviously, he's not making any decisions. He he said he's not a coach or a GM or anything. Um, but I would say, if you're the Browns, you need to be looking... I think all franchises should be looking at who is most irreplaceable. You know, what? which player can you not get anywhere else? And... If I were, if it were me, I would think that would be DK Metcalf. He's enormous, he's powerful, he's fast, and he has a skill set. I mean, it's all put together into this package that you just don't see anywhere else in the NFL. Now, Bosa's also a great player, don't get me wrong, but I think you can find other great defensive linemen 
I don't think you're going to find other receivers with that kind of size, strength, and skill. Um, so I would think that that's probably what the Browns are thinking. And then, of course, if you want to go with conventional wisdom, your most important position is your quarterback. And so that it follows that if your quarterback gets hurt, the next most important position is your second-string quarterback, and then third-string quarterback, and so on. So after they get Metcalf locked up, I really think the Browns need to be looking to get two more quarterbacks on their roster that are at least an 80 overall, and, and I think they got to spend whatever money it takes to do that. So if I were the Browns, I would do that, and you know, if you got to let some other people walk in free agency, then that's the way it goes. Um, so they know what they're doing over there. I'm sure I'm sure that they will take the right course, and, and they'll probably do exactly what I just described. Well, this has been a fairly long podcast uh, because we usually want to be under 10 minutes or so, but we had a lot to talk about. We had a fantastic listener question. I hope we'll get more of those um, because they're a lot of fun for me to answer, and I, I know that it means that we're really we're reaching an audience that enjoys what we're doing and enjoys football, and I think we all have the, uh, the love of football here, and that, that really bonds us together. So uh, until next time, I, I think we may try to do maybe a playoff preview podcast before the playoffs start, something like that. I don't believe there are any more head-to-head user games to go over, uh, but until next time, uh, enjoy the league.